Marie was a good girl. She had done all the things you're supposed to do, but somehow the right man had never appeared. She had gone to the cathedral every Sunday. She had said her prayers every evening, and she'd always wished for the right man. But even though she was the youngest, and even though her two eldest had found nice men to marry, one a soldier and the other a merchant who traveled and was a man of the world, she was just not lucky. No. Until, until one day she caught the eye of a new gentleman in church. Why? This man was a little strange. His blue beard kind of turned one off, but his statesman's-like appearance was sort of attractive. Bluebeard asked if he could come calling to her father, and her father consented, and so they spent many evenings sitting in the parlor discussing this and that, but never politics or anything too rude. After a time, Marie consented to the proposal of marriage, for she had heard that Bluebeard's estates were large, that Bluebeard had traveled the world and brought back the wealth of the Orient. She wanted to see this for herself. And so the marriage was arranged, though no one seemed to know much about the man, except that every once in a while he would make it to one or two services a month at the cathedral. The wedding was held. Everyone thought it was wonderful, but the two brothers-in-law were a little suspicious. They felt that something might not be quite right. And so the eldest one, he took a silk handkerchief and he gave it to Marie. And he said, Marie, if you are ever in trouble with your husband, if you fear for your life, and only if you fear for your life, send me this handkerchief. And make sure you write in the handkerchief a message that is unimportant. And I will come with my sword and I will bring my brother-in-law. Marie went to live on the estate and it was a dream. Why, he had the most spectacular mansion and servants who were there all day and then at night they would go home. The mansion was amazing. Every room was opulent. Marble staircases, gold trim, gold plates. Mirrors. She had never seen a mirror before. Marie enjoyed her life with her new husband. And they lived together for many happy months until Marie began to miss her sisters. And so she asked her husband, can I write to my sisters? And they come and visit. They would love to explore this place. Oh, yes, he said, of course. And so the two older sisters came. And Bluebird said, you know, I have been here now these three months, and it has been wonderful, but it is time for me to go back to my business, to travel. And before I leave, I figured now would be a good time. Before I leave, it is good your sister should come and stay with you. She won't be lonely. But it's time for me to give you the keys to the house. And so here's the ring of keys. And as you can see, there are over 34 keys to the house. And this key does this, and this key does that. And here's the stables, and here's the treasury. And oh, this little golden key... This is the key to my private study. You may open any room in the house, save this one, for this is mine. All right, said Marie. She took the keys. 
Bluebeard got ready to travel. Her sisters came. They were enjoying themselves. Bluebeard said his adieu and went off. He was not gone long when his sisters said, let us play a game. Let us see what key opens what door. And so they went from room to room to room, opening each door, until finally they came to one door that fit a little golden key. And Marie said, no, no, no. My husband said that I must never open this door, for he would be very angry with me if I broke that trust. So let us not open it. Her two sisters, they went off, and Marie waited till they were gone. And then she took out the key, and she went to the door. And as the sun was setting behind her, she fit it in the lock. And she pushed it open. The red sun caught the red stone in the room. And then as the door opened, it lit upon a giant butcher's block. And sitting in the block, full in front of her, was a butcher's instrument, a knife. And hanging on the wall were the three previous wives of Bluebeard. And Marie, looking down, realized that the floor was red, not because the stone was red or the sun was red, but because the floor was covered in dried and still wet blood. She fainted, and the key rolled into the room. She came to a few moments later. She felt the back of her head. It was bloody. And then she reached for the key, not daring to touch the floor, and it was bloody too. And then her sister called out to her. Her eldest was on the roof. She said, Marie, look, your husband returns. Marie slammed the door. She took the keys off the ring, shaking. She put one here and one there. She hid them everywhere she could. And last, she took the golden ring and she washed it, she washed it, but the gold was red, the gold was red. She washed it, her hands were clean, she washed her hair, it was clean, but it was red. So she took the key and she put it where she thought her husband would never look. And then she ran into the bedroom and she grabbed the silk handkerchief and she ran to the second and she said, you know, you must be so worried. You must have written a note to your husband. Have you written a note? Oh, oh yes, I have. The eldest has written a note. Her husband, too. Yes, you know, let them come here and join us. No, 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 actually. No, no, let them, let them not worry about us. Let's take those notes, and I will write them a note, too. And so quickly, Marie wrote a note about what a good time she was having, folded it up, put the two letters from her sisters into the handkerchief, and gave it to her sister. The eldest was still on the roof. She said, Marie, I can see your, your husband in the distance. He's coming. Quickly now. She didn't know why she was hurrying, but she followed her youngest, her younger sister's advice. She went to the stables. There was a horse already there. She got on it and leaped and galloped down the path. And there at the gate, she met Bluebeard. And Bluebeard said, where are you going in such a hurry? Oh, Marie insisted I take these notes right away. Really? Let me see them. And Bluebeard took the handkerchief, opening it up. He looked and read each of the letters. How scandalous, thought the sister. But then he said, mm, it's all good. Handed it back. Off with you. Such is the way of men, she thought. 
And off she went. While Marie was sitting in the chair, trying to get her nerves together, her husband came to the door, opened it up. He said, oh, my business was canceled. Have you missed me, my darling? Yes. You don't look like you've missed me. You look like you've seen a ghost. Oh, oh no, nothing at all. Oh, oh, my darling, um, have you seen those rings I gave you of keys? Oh, yes, we, we played a funny game while you were gone, a sweet and wonderful game. We played the most wonderful game. We hid the keys all over the house. <gasps> what a wonderful game, said Bluebeard. Let us play it. And so Bluebeard went from room to room, from hiding place to hiding place, and he found every key. It took him till late in the night, until finally Bluebeard found the last one. He said, my sweet, all the keys are here, but the sun is going to come up soon. Morning is coming, but I see there is still one key missing. Where could you have hidden it? I don't know. I must have lost it, she said. Lost it, perhaps. And then Bluebeard reached out and ripped off her dress. And the key fell to the ground. I bet you lost it. And I see it is red. You are no better than the other three. You too have betrayed me. And so you shall share their fate. And she gra he grabbed Marie by the hair and began to drag her up the stairs. And Marie said, please, please, no, my husband, please, I did not go. I did not open it. Why, why are you saying, I, I hit my head. Can you not see the blood? The blood came onto the key. Can you not see it? Bluebeard just looked at her. You cannot fool me, you wily women. You are a creature of Satan, and I shall cure the earth of you. And then he picked her up and threw her over his shoulder and walked her up the steps. And taking the key, he opened the door. And she said, please, please, let me pray for my immortal soul. Please, please. And Bluebird said, hmm. Pray if you want. So he took her and he threw her into one of the tower rooms and locked the door with the keys. And he went into the butcher room and he began to sharpen the knife. So Marie went to the window. She called up to her sister. Do you see? Do you see them coming? No, I see no one coming. I've been here all night like you asked me, but I see no one coming. Wait, I see the dust. I see the dust of the horses. Marie went back to the door. She knocked on the door. She said, please, please don't kill me, my husband. Your time is done, said Bluebird. Your time is done. Maybe, maybe if I pray for your soul, will you let me live a little longer? <laughs> That's rich. <laughs> yes, pray for my soul. Pray for my soul, will you? And so Marie got down, and she prayed for Bluebeard's soul. Finally, he didn't want any more. Came to the door and began to unlock it. Marie ran to the window. She said, do you see them? Do you see them? Yes, yes, my sister. I see them at the gate. They're coming down the lane. And as Bluebeard came into the room holding the knife, Marie darted around him and Bluebeard reached for her, grabbed her hair, but she ripped herself free. Chunks of hair was left in his hand. 
Her scalp was bleeding. She ran down the steps, he chasing her with the butcher's knife. And there, there in front of the stables, the two brothers-in-law, the two brothers caught Bluebeard, and with their sabers, they ran him through. <laughs> 